Headquarters to all units. Headquarters to all units. All units stand by for on patrol with the PPD. Airing now on WTBR 89.7 FM. Good morning. Thank you for tuning in to another new episode of On Patrol with the PPD. Here on WTBR 89.7 FM, Pittsfield Community Radio, simulcast on Pittsfield Community Television, and now available on all of your popular podcast platforms. Uh, my name is Mike Wynn. I'm one of the co-hosts and co-producers of this allegedly weekly radio program, award-winning weekly radio program. We'll get into that in a little bit. Uh, and I'm excited to have some special guests in studio with us this morning. I got... Uh, Captain Gary Traversa working the soundboard this morning. He's got to fill back in. It's been a it's been a little while, Captain. Yeah, I'm uh, kind of reacquainting myself here. <laughs> and before I introduce our guest this, oh, I'm sorry. Today is Friday, June third, twenty twenty two. But before we uh, introduce our guests, I'm going to get a check of the weather and then talk about a couple news items, and uh, then we'll get into the program. WTBR forecast from BerkshireWeather.com for Friday, June 3rd. Greetings! Today, partly sunny, a high of 75 with some morning rain. Tonight, clear with a low of 49. Tomorrow, sunny with a high of 74. That's your latest WTBR forecast. For more weather forecast and education, go to BerkshireWeather.com. I'm Jacob Klein for WTBR, and I hope you all have an amazing day. Cheers, everyone! Love hearing Jacob do the weather. All right, so a couple news items, uh, articles taken from uh, this morning's Berkshire Eagle, and start off with a crime-related one. Um, Related to the North Adams homicide, I'm not going to get into the details of the case, but a uh, suspect was arrested in connection with this North Adams homicide. And if you check out the story, you will see that um, the arrest occurred in Pittsfield uh, at a residence on Penn Street. Again, I'm not going to get into the details of the case, but I do want to talk a little bit about the apprehension. Um, we talk about <clears throat> how our, the Pittsfield Police Department works with our, our counterpart agencies very closely. And this is a, a key example um, because information developed by our drug unit allowed the combined team to to locate that suspect and the suspect was taken in custody we were notified by a command notification and when i showed up to the station the morning of the arrest um you know in addition to ppd personnel and uh, officers pro officers from the anti-street crimes unit and our drug unit and the mass state police state police detective unit in berkshire county which is the lead investigative agency on that as well as state troopers from the violent fugitive apprehension squad and obviously north adams pd um anybody else assigned to the berkshire law enforcement task force and sheriff's department right and so this is a, a major undertaking but you show up at the pd uh, early in the morning and all of those agencies are represented all of them are you know getting along all of them are focused on one mission uh, and and that's how it works right it really doesn't matter uh, how the information gets generated we all work together uh, it's about the mission it's not about the agency so I was very proud to see that team assembled and you know that apprehension being made and a happier note it's prom and graduation season the department has been um Busy, busy, supporting uh, all the prom activities. Captain Traversa has actually been coordinating all of that. It, 
Did you have to work the one out of Hancock Shaker Village? I, I did for the first maybe half of it. And and so this this has been a weird year, right? And this happens for us occasionally, um, less so less so in South County, but more in Central County. So Hancock Shaker Village is technically in Hancock, right? It's it's not really our jurisdiction, um, but at Pittsfield. Pittsfield High School prom or Takata? Pittsfield. Pittsfield High. Yeah. Pittsfield High School prom was held at Hancock Shaker Village. And that means that the responsibility for that detail technically lies with the state police. But the state police don't really want to work these type of details. They don't want to come out here and do these details. So we have to negotiate coverage. Um, and so we're sending Pittsfield officers into an adjoining community essentially for um, a special event detail, which is fairly unusual, uh, but happening with more and more frequency. We never did work out the one out at the state forest, did we? Um, that was covered by the sheriff's department. Okay. Um, but we actually had a, a, a bit of a mixture last night. Speaking of cooperation, we had a trooper, a sheriff, and three of us from Pittsfield. That's amazing. Yeah. On an overtime detail. Yes. That's amazing. Yeah. All right. See? Progress. Um, so it, it, this next story is a little strange. I'm not upset about it, but it is a little strange. Um, so... I think it was the last time I was out here, which was probably close to a month ago now because of, of travel and um, conflicts. I was informed. I didn't even get to tell you guys. I was informed by the man, station manager out here, Sean Sayre, that this program had been selected for a national radio award. But I couldn't talk about it because the news was embargoed. I was like, that's fine. You know, we've gone through things like this before. So, but, you know, when you guys get ready to do release it, you know, copy us so we can do something with it. So earlier this is, I think it was earlier this week or late last week, I get an email from uh, one of the guys here. And he's like, hey, can you send me a quote for the release on this? So I type out a couple quick lines really quick and send it back. I'm like, okay, so they're working on the release. We'll get the release, right? We'll receive the release and then we can do something with our PIL group. I never, I never received the release. So I'm sitting at dinner the other night, and my phone vibrates, and it's a Google alert, and it's a Google alert on me. And so I open it up, and it's a News Channel 10 article about the award. I'm like, how do they know about it? <laughs> so I read the article, and like, obviously the release went out, but we never saw the release. So we didn't get to do anything with it through our PIO group. So we'll have to do it today. Um, so yeah, the two... Two local programs uh, produced here at Pittsfield Community Radio have been recognized uh, by the Alliance for Community Media and received the Hometown Media Awards. And we were uh, selected among thousands of entrants and on patrol with the PPD, one in the category of Government Profile Community Radio. So yeah, that was... It was a surprise. Definitely. It's, it's quite the honor. It's actually the second award we've won, right? Because PCTV gave us the programming award on the early days of the pandemic. So we can legitimately claim now that we are a award-winning radio program. Who would have thunk it when we started this out just so we could learn to come in here and use this equipment? Yeah. It, uh, and as you mentioned, Chief, in one of your responses, there's a lot of hands in that. Yeah. Um, you know, everybody that's helped us out, obviously the station, um, a number of our staff uh, that have, you know, as a parent, it is, yeah. as it is a parent today, you know, with them coming out and, and also the community members yeah. that have come on. Yeah. 
Um, the guests definitely make the program. The number of people <clears throat> at the station who assist in coordinating and scheduling. Even some of our pre-academy uh, pre-hires got involved in, in building out like the scheduling calendars for us and stuff. It's it's a all-hands effort. So there are still a few reluctant department members who are actively avoiding appearing out here. Yes. We're wearing them down. <laughs> I don't know about that. but <laughs> <laughs> All right. And finally, um, June is post-traumatic stress disorder awareness month. Uh, you've heard me talk about some of this stuff on the program in the past. I'm not going to spend any time on it today. just want to make everybody aware of it. Rocking my PTSD Let's Talk t-shirt today. Um, it, you know what? It, I think as a nation, we've, we've really come to terms with it, the impact on our, our veterans and active duty military with PTSD, but we've got a long way to go when we look at the impact on the first responder community. I'm finishing up my in-service for the year. Nearly half of our in-service training this year covers mental wellness, resiliency, and the impacts of cumulative stress. It's a growing problem. Um, there's I don't have the figures and I've talked about some of the, the classes I'm taking academically right now and I'm the figures in front of me, but there's growing bodies of research. Uh, it's estimated that most um, first responders in this country and, and across the world have at least some symptoms of PTSD. It's it's not um, they're not the, they we we're not the minority. Uh, it's it's constantly impactful and we just need to be more open and honest about it right it's it's not okay to continue not talking about it so let's move on all right so joining us this morning this is i don't know how i feel about this this is like the changing of the guard this i think the this is probably going to have more impact on the department than if we were to have like a complete command changeover um so joining us this morning are the department's long-serving veteran animal control officer Officer Joe Shaggy, and his successor? Replacement? There's no replacing you, Joe. I don't feel comfortable using that word. His successor, uh, ACO Levi, pronounce your last name for me again, Levi Lisi? Lisi. All right, Levi Lisi. So, Joe, we've you've been on the show before. We've talked a lot about... Um, We've talked a lot about animal control issues, and we'll, we'll talk about some of that stuff today, but I, I, I really want to focus more on you. Um, so, you're leaving. You're, you're July 15th. July 15th is my... Well, the 18th is my official day. That's a Monday, but the 15th is my last work day. All right. And you have been associated with the Pittsfield Police Department as the animal control officer for a long time. For much longer than I've been a cop. Uh, when did you first join the department? Well, um, it was in 87. So yeah. 34 years. Yeah. So I hadn't gotten out of high school yet. Yeah. <laughs> I, it, it brings it to perspective when I can honestly say that I've been doing the job longer than most of the police officers have been alive. Yeah. 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 You, I'm glad you brought that up mm -hmm. so I didn't have to. I know. So you joined the department in 87. And how long was your first stint with us? Um, it was basically about half, so about 15 years, okay. and then I left for a year, realized that's not what I wanted to do, and thankfully they hired me back. So, so <laughs> I remember looking at an old photo. I don't know if you were in the photo, 
but it was around that time. So when you came on, the the old like fiberglass bodied louver backed animal control truck mm-hmm. was still in service. Yep. And that thing probably was manufactured in the seventies. It was, from my understanding, I in testing my memory, I think it was seventy seven. But it was a four-wheel drive vehicle that I had to get out and lock the hubs, yeah, in the front, yeah, and uh, and it's I don't I know that at the time when I saw the photo, I, I know the livery on it was animal control, but I think in some of the documentation from back then, the people still referred to the dog officer. The law hadn't changed, yeah. so we were technically the dog officer. So just a funny aside, because uh, correct people all the time, some people will still use that. But people who use that to describe animal control use the same expression to describe canine. Like, you can't use the same title for those two functional areas. They don't make any sense together. Um, but, you know, I have relatives who do that. Who's the dog officer? Like, which one? <laughs> I still answer to it. Yeah. You know. Um, so, back in the day, I mean, when you came on, um, for in that, that entire first stint, and even for a while in your second stint, a, animal control owned the shelter. Right. Yes. You, you, we owned the, you owned the municipal shelter out on Downing Industrial Park, actually. Um, and it, it, I don't know, how do I want to say this? Like, no, nobody, nobody wanted to supervise animal control. No. It was it, like a hot potato. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a whole, I mean, I actually just uh, drove right to the shelter. That's right. where my day started. Um, I had a radio. Um, it, it wasn't. I don't want to say it wasn't a police function yet. It was because I was part of the police department, but it was like its own thing. It was a standalone. Nobody knew where I was. Nobody seemed to really care where I was, and you know. Who did you report to? Oh, let's see. Um, I think when I originally started, it was whoever was the captain in charge at that time, and and I think it was Captain Pyers. Okay. So now we're going. So, so you went through Pyers and then Spezzaferro. Yep. 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 All the way, uh, Chief Lee. Yep. Riello. All right. So you're you're working with the, and did you have a partner then, or was it just um, a single animal control officer? No. Even then, we had a part-time animal control officer. Uh, I remember. Well, for a while, I was the only one, Good. and then we decided, and I can't tell you when they decided that a part-time would certainly be helpful. Um, because I worked with the then animal control officer, and again back then it was, you know, here's a leash, here's a bag of dog food, go, and that was the training we had. Right. So we've come a long way, um, and we've had you know several part-time animal control officers since then. So, so at you're doing the animal control stuff, and you were still in that original stint when I came on and I met you. Um, you hadn't decided to leave yet. And I, so I joined the force in 95. So you, you've been eight years in at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think at the time you reported to the day shift lieutenant. Yes. Right? Yes. Yeah. Yep. You, you, so you were for Lieutenant Huggabone. Yes, I did. Yes. And Lieutenant Grady. Uh, and that's kind of when they started to, to pull you closer into the, into the station. I don't think you had an office at the station yet. Not yet. Not at that time. Um, and again, you know, the training came slowly but they realized uh, well we probably better do something here so so um i think 
well, I've told stories on the air before about handling calls with you as a patrol officer. And honestly, some of the most frightening calls, I mean, I've, I've done some some scary stuff over the course of my career, but some of the most vivid and frightening calls were animal calls with you. Oh, yeah. Um, but also some hilarious ones. We were just talking recently about you and I making it onto Animal Planet because uh, you, me, and Captain Trapani, uh, when he and I were assigned as bike patrol officers, were chasing a moose. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> We had to, uh, we had to assist DCR and environmental, um, environmental management in darting that moose. I, uh, that was one of, the, and I've mentioned this before. My father-in-law in California called me up and said, "Why am I seeing yeah. you on my TV in California?" So that was the date I made the connection between large animal tranquilizer, mm-hmm. right? You know, stuff that's in the darts, ketamine. And realized it's the same stuff that was being abused as a recreational drug, Special K at raves, and all the stuff we were learning in our drug recognition that the reason people would consume so much water and and everything if they were um, taking those illicit drugs at a rave is it causes hyperthermia. Mm -hmm. It causes the body to overheat. And so they darted that moose, and they're like, we need a ton of ice. And there was no plan for that. No. There was no plan for that. And so we grabbed them. one of the mass wildlife pickup trucks and we literally went to george's liquor store and commandeered all the ice in their ice machine they were nice enough to do it like i'm sorry (laughs) i'm here i'm taking all that ice and uh we put the we put the ice in the back of the truck we went back over to where we were uh i don't even know where we were william street area holmes road area and uh big group of us loaded that moose into the truck and then put a radio track around it and off he went yeah bye bye bullwinkle I think they saw him again in Lee not too long after that. Yeah. That was a success. Um, we've chased Bear. Last week. Remember the one when we got into the um, <clears throat> philosophical feud with the fire department because the family of Bear were tree the mama and her cubs were treed down by Williams School. Yes, and I do. We knew that they were going to have heat exposure, and so we wanted them to use the fog applicator to miss the bear, and they didn't want to do it. No, they did it. Yeah, they did. <laughs> that I remember as they tranquilized um, mama. Yeah, and then there were cubs, and there were quite a few officers there, and just instinctively, as this cub came down, they reached for the cub. And, you know, I'm looking and say, well, it still has claws and yeah, it still has yeah. teeth. That, that's you know, a wild so bear. we got to um, be a little careful. But. All right. So then at some point, you decided you didn't want to be Pittsville Animal Control Officer anymore. You didn't want to live in Pittsville. So you left. I did. It was, uh, it was a family decision, my wife and I. And, you know, all her relatives were living in California at the time. And so we thought we we'd try it um i wrestled with that decision you know i was born and raised in the city of pittsfield i like simple things that they don't have in california like trees and water (laughs) and you know normal things and it just wasn't for me I, i could not wait to get back here fast enough what did you do in california i actually worked as a lieutenant in a um indian casino for security really yes and it was a brand new casino that had just started up, and um, the organization was run by a um, retired captain of the Redlands California Police Department. Well, he was retired, and he started a security firm. And um, based on me working with the Pittsville Police Department, they thought that was a pretty good idea. Um, and then the 
the Indian tribe that owned the casino said, you know what, we don't want to pay you that kind of money anymore, so we're just going to hire our own security, yeah. and they hired me. And it was, um, it was a whole different aspect because coming from a police department and, you know, obviously rules and regulations and state laws and this and that, and um, working for the tribal commission, those rules don't exist. So I struggled with that a little bit. Um, it's, you know, I, I can't say enough nice things about them. They really treated us very nicely. Um, but I, I couldn't wait to get back. And I wasn't sure what I was going to do when I came back. You know, uh, I remember, uh, I believe I received a call from um, Chief Riello saying, hey, you know, we got an opening. And, you know. How did you know you were, how do you know you were back? I'm not sure how he knew I was back. That's well, a little spooky. <laughs> well, I will tell you, now, you have to picture this. Coming back, moving back from California, everything I own is in a Ryder truck. I've got a car carrier with my truck on top of the car carrier. I've been gone for about a year, and I'm coming down South Mountain, and I see an officer who recognizes me and waves, and I wave, and I said, that's what I missed right there. I missed knowing people, you know, so... I can't say that I regretted it. I, I will say that, and I've said this before, when I first started, you know, I started as a dispatcher for about a, a year. Um, this was not anything on my radar whatsoever. Um, this was never going to be a career goal. I really didn't know what I wanted to do. Um, but I'm glad I did it. I really am. So when did you come back? About 25 years ago-ish. 24, I have to go by how old my son is and figure that backtrack. So I've actually probably was here for 10 years, then left for the year, then came back. So I, I've been here longer, the second stint, right. than I was the first. So that that gets us up to 97, 98. Yeah, yep. okay, somewhere yeah. in there. Yep. Yeah, that's what I thought because <clears throat> when you came back, I think I had just made sergeant. Mm -hmm. And so I spent a little bit of time on midnights, but then I came back today's and i think that's when you and you and i kind of got um associated through training because i had moved into a training role with the department in the in the intervening time and uh, we're putting together a training unit and i think that's when i found out that because you know as an animal control officer in our department because of some of your duties you've been an armed animal control officer mm -hmm. and i found out that um it, when you came back the decision had been made, I won't say by who, um, that they were going to basically take you out to the range, put a stuffed animal down on, on the downrange line, have you shoot a stuffed animal, and, and that was... That was my training. Yeah. I remember <laughs> that like it was yesterday. And I, I found out about that, and I kind of had a conversation with the command. I'm like, we put him out there, he's armed, you know, essentially the same way we are. He's got to qualify. Right? He's got to qualify, and if he's got to qualify, he's got to go through the same drills and skills that that everybody else does. And so we started moving you into into some more of our training. Uh, and for the last several years, you basically attend in service. Oh, yeah. with, yeah. with all the officers. I, I will say, um, Chief, and I, you know, I, I I want to get this out of the way right now, and I have to thank you wholeheartedly for everything you've done for me and and for animal control not only for Pittsfield for obvious reasons you know across the state because you help with our training and so forth and so on I can tell you that uh, I deal with animal control officers across the state my colleagues and um, they're jealous 
of the training that I receive. Um, you know, it's, and as you alluded to, I can honestly say that I worked with, you know, Officer Wynn, Sergeant Wynn, Lieutenant Wynn, Captain Wynn, and Chief Wynn, um, and probably Officer Traversa at some point in time. So, um, you know, thank you for that. It's, it's oh. nice to have the backing of your superiors. You're welcome, but you know, thank you because it, we'll get into this as we as we transition through the station break and introduce Levi. Um, you know, our animal control officers do a lot more than animal control, uh, and because we come to rely on the animal control officers as a force multiplier so heavily, um, it, we have to. It's just the right thing to do. Um, you know, before we transition here, I'll just say I don't know, uh, I don't know any other tactical teams, special response teams in the Commonwealth that as part of their operational planning and raid planning include activation of the animal control officer in some of those plans. If our team is putting a plan together and the pre-intelligence indicates that there's animals, either you know threat animals as a security measure in, within the target or animals that are there for illicit purposes like they're being used for dog fighting or something like that or breeding or just that we find out that there's a pet that may be maybe a complication in the mix because if we breach a door the animal may get out and go stray we'll activate the animal control officer with the team and that doesn't mean Joe's getting up and getting in the stack, but he's in the staging area. Usually it's you. Mm -hmm. uh, most of the time on the team mission, it was you. Sometimes it was Lisa. Yeah. <laughs> um, but if, if there's an animal plan that's going to, if there's an animal issue that's going to be part of the plan, we just bring animal control with us. And if we're going to bring you into a target area, a threat area, we've got to make sure you've got the right training. Um, so it's, it's symbiotic and reciprocal. I will say... Um that's probably one thing I won't miss. <laughs> Getting that phone call from a certain lieutenant slash captain at four in the morning or four in the afternoon saying, what are you doing at four o'clock in the morning? Run, yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I think I'm coming to work. Yep. Because it, it's, it's never a request, right? No, not you're really. You're voluntold. Yeah. <laughs> but I would do it anyway. Yeah. I mean, we've been through the entire Berkshire County for that. Yeah. So. I'll tell you what, I mean, I'll just, I'll, I'll kind of wrap up this section on this story. It, this one was not you, it was Lisa. Um, we took a target on a drug raid on Francis Ave, actually, you know, diagonally across the street from the apartment I used to live in. And I was on the point element and we swept into this room and I was fine. Yeah, you know, we're arresting people. Team members are, are going hands on. People putting them in handcuffs. And I sweep into this room. And I know in hindsight, you know, the 2020 hindsight, it was a large iguana. But I swear to God, when I saw that thing, it was a Komodo dragon. <laughs> and I was much more worried about that lizard in this back porch than I was about any of the bad guys. Right. And I'm just standing there. I'm like, animal control up. Because I was not going in there. Right. Lisa comes strolling in with the catch pole. Oh, yeah grabs the little iguana <laughs> i will say that you know in developing a a tactical plan there are certain things that you just want you, you gotta have to you know make it confident that there's going to be you know a peaceful and smooth resolution you know one of the big things that we've done over the last you know decade or more you know is obviously um the the, the addition of the doctor slash medic unit but a very close second has been 
incorporating animal control because that just makes everybody feel better about you know your your ability to to be able to to handle that that it, threat it's one less thing that the operators have to worry about and i'll I'll just wrap up on this our our team right the the Berkshire County special response teams integration of animal control into our raid planning was so unusual when we started to develop it that now lieutenant bradford i think when he was a sergeant wrote an article that was published in a nationally recognized tactical magazine as a proposed best practice um and, and we were way ahead of the power curve on that and i'm kind of proud of it because and i won't name the agencies or the operators but as a as a tactical operator when i was active traveling around the commonwealth talking to other operators if you don't do it it results in tragedy and i've heard some horrible horrible things that have occurred because teams didn't do it and they didn't have a plan and they didn't know how to deal with some of these issues and they handled it poorly um you know it in, in a couple of cases the animals died and that's tragic so you know having a plan can help us avoid that all right we're coming up on 9 30 uh, this Friday morning. We're going to take another station identification break for check of the weather and some PSAs. And then we're going to come back and start saying goodbye to Joe and welcoming Levi. Here is your WTBR forecast from BerkshireWeather.com for Friday, June 3rd. Greetings. Today, partly sunny. A high of 75 with some morning rain. Tonight, clear with a low of 49. Tomorrow, sunny with a high of 74. That's your latest WTBR forecast. For more weather forecast and education, go to BerkshireWeather.com. I'm David Klein from WTBR, and I hope you all have an amazing day. Cheers, everyone! Support for WTBR comes from Berkshire Community College. BCC provides access to higher education to everyone in Berkshire County and beyond, offering more than 50 high-quality programs, small class sizes, and an affordable education to help their students of all ages achieve their dreams. At BCC, their middle name is Community. And from County Ambulance, providing quality, professional, efficient medical care and medical transportation services to the citizens of Berkshire County. Online at countyamb.com. Pittsville residents, have you heard about Code Red? It's the city's emergency alert program, and it keeps you informed on the latest updates and notifications, including but not limited to weather-related emergencies, road closures, and water main breaks. So stay connected and be informed. Text Pittsville to 99411 to enroll or visit cityofpittsfield.org to sign up. Welcome back to another new episode of On Patrol with the PPD here on WTBR 89.7 FM, Pittsfield Community Radio, simulcast on Pittsfield Community Television. If you're just joining us, my name is Mike Wynn. I'm the Chief of Police here in the city of Pittsfield, one of the co-hosts of this nationally award-winning radio program. I love saying that. I'm excited about that. Um, before we get back to the regular programming, it's, you know, PSA during that station break, um, Berkshire Community College, got to give a little shout-out, Berkshire Community College commencement tonight. Um, I am going to put it out in the record. I am 
personally and professionally disappointed. I learned earlier this week that Officer Darren Derby, who was graduating with his class, is not attending commencement. Um, we had a plan that for me to bring Winston, so you know, be there to celebrate him, and he's backing out. And there's nothing I can do about it. It's not an official function, but he's going to hear about it. And now so are all of you. I'm, I'm proud that Darren went back and is uh, earning his degree. So he, he worked really, really hard. He should be proceeding with his classes today. All right. Back to animal control. So, Joe, you're leaving. Mm-hmm. What does the future hold for you? Um, I'm not sure, to be honest with you. Um, that That's asked a lot. And, you know, I'm going to take some time and do the honeydew list of things that I have to do. And... Um, you have two of those, though, right? Yes. You have one from your wife. And one from ACOM. And one from ACOM. So you're not leaving No, and that's kind of where I was going to go. Um, <laughs> as a past president, I am uh, will always have a seat on ACOM, the Animal Control Officers Association of Massachusetts. And uh, and I'm happy to do that. You know, I, I it's, it is like your child, and uh, I've been involved for so long, and... They still um, call me up all the time, and we, we got our annual event coming up and trainings and so forth and so on. So you, you, you're not going to get rid of me that easily. Which is good news for me because, uh, as we're going to learn as we get into this discussion, we are going to have to dramatically restructure and reimagine yes. animal control in the Pittsfield Police Department. Which that's okay because we're in a period of transition, so there's it's not like we'll have to completely retune an incumbent as we go through these changes. Um, so before I introduce Levi, just say as a result of police reform uh, and some of the requirements of police reform, some of the things that we have come to depend on animal control for we're no longer gonna be able to do because we can't um, we can't designate our animal control officers as special police under the terms of police reform without going through the whole post-certification process and um, without sending somebody through a full academy, we can't do that. So we're gonna have to restructure some of the, the duties and responsibilities and reassign some of those back to patrol. Uh, it probably won't be obvious to the residents who are relying on animal control but it'll it'll be a shift in our internal operations um something as simple as uh, on some on some serious abuse and neglect cases that animal control historically would have brought forward alone i'm probably going to have to partner them with an officer to get Mm -hmm. that stuff done um or or a detective depending on the severity Um, but um you know it'll It'll appear seamless outside of the department. It'll be a little bit of a shakeup inside the department. Anyhow, so Levi, welcome to the show. Thank you. How are you? I'm, I'm happy to be here. You've been it's... you've been sitting there patiently and quietly, but we kind of tout Joe for a little bit. This is gonna this thing is gonna last a whole month as we get ready. Is there's only one person in the department I think longer or maybe two longer serving than Joe, so we gotta. We got to send them out in style, but you're coming in with some pretty big fil- shoes to fill. Impossible shoes to fill <laughs> with how long he's been here and how much experience he has. So normally, when we have a guest on the show for the first time, we like to start uh, with stuff that's not job related. Just you know, learn a little bit about you. Tell our viewers and listeners, uh, you know, who's Levi? Where'd you come from? How'd you come to us? What are your interests, hobbies? 
So a little bit about me, I've always been huge in being able to help the animals and around the community as a whole. I started as a volunteer at the Berkshire Humane Society in Pittsfield uh, when I was 11, so that was 11 years ago now. Wow. Are you a Pittsfield native? Pittsfield native, okay. born Where, and raised. Where'd you go to school? I uh, graduated out of Taconic. Okay. Nice. All right. So. The right school. What'd you, what were your interests in high school? Did you play sports, extracurriculars? So I, I ran track. I took automotive in high school, so okay. large shift from automotive versus everything else I've done afterwards. But I graduated high school, joined the Marine Corps, did that for a couple of years, military police. Uh, got out when I got out of the Marine Corps. It was the middle of COVID, so okay. job placement was a little hard at the time, so I went to crane currency for a little while. All right, I, I got to rewind a little bit because this is interesting to me. You know, first off, thank you for your service in Semper Fi. But so you graduate from high school, like were you were you delayed entry? Did you know you were going to the core as soon as you graduated? Yes. So I was delayed entry, and so I graduated high school June of eighteen, and was already in the delayed entry and shipped out about a month or two after. All right. So you go to Paris Island in the middle of summer. Paris Island, middle of summer. That's horrible. It's horrible. Hundred degrees I, every day. I, I, you know, we talked about this in the past. I didn't go to Paris Island. I started my military career in a commissioning program. My brother is a Marine. He went to Paris Island. Paris Island in the summer is hell on earth. It's horrible. Um, so good on you. So you're you get out of boot camp. Did you already have a contract to be an MP? Yes. Yeah, so I was I had a contract to be MP since I began. Okay. So I went through the schooling for that, and then I got shipped it's, back to. Beaufort, South Carolina, for the the military police is out of the air station, but they cover Paris Island as well. Got it. So I went from Paris Island basically back to Paris Island. So, and I apologize, I should know this, but I don't. Do Marine MPs have their own school, or do they still go to the Army MP school? They still go to the Army MP okay. school. It's, it's in Texas? Uh, it's in Missouri. Missouri, that's right, yeah. Fort Underwood, Missouri. So you went to MP school, and then they shipped you back to Buford. Yep. <laughs> That's horrible. Um, it was, but it was, everybody thinks it's terrible, but it's a completely different dynamic it, when you're stationed oh, there. Buford is commu uh, beautiful, yes. beautiful community. I just thought if you have to patrol the island, and that strikes me as odd, right? I mean, you got a bunch of recruits, and you got a bunch of DIs, and you got the support personnel. It's not like the recruits are, are trying to, go ua or escape they they'll get eaten by alligators there's right? the occasional one do they really there's, try there's enough usually they don't know which way the main gate is so it's they're just wandering easy. around they're just wandering around but right. so how long do you uh how long do you work with the marina and peace for so i was there until 2020 so it was only two years but i had some medical issues going okay. on that okay not to get into that so you come you you get out of the core in the middle of COVID. You have this history of volunteering with animals. Like you said, job prospects in the middle of COVID. So what'd you do at Crane? So I've worked in the finishing department as a sheeter helper. Okay. Uh, so finishing the paper to send to the government. Got it. Is it is is this like super secret inside that mill as they make it out to be? Kind of. <laughs> is yes. it like a gold mine? Do they search you at the end of your shift? So we get clear bags that you show security as you're walking out every day. You're 
they're gonna know if you have something. I've been to that. I've been to that facility once on a call and didn't make it like 15 feet inside the door. I, f I think before I retire, I'm gonna have to get in there. <laughs> um, all right. So, did you go back to the Humane Society when you were working at? Yep. So I immediately started back. So it took me about a month to actually start working at Cranes. But this, the day I got back, I was basically back at the Humane Society, and back to volunteering again, getting my hand back in it. That's amazing. So. So what's the, I mean, I understand, I get it, but for you, what's the attraction to service with animals? Something that, I've always been huge on animals. I think animals are a big way of life for everybody and it's a way to, if you can help somebody because you're helping their animal, I think it's a big service to the community. That's awesome. Do you have pets yourself? I do not currently. I unfortunately lost my dog in I'm February. I'm sorry. Oh, that's harsh. I'm sorry. So, but now you get to like go to the Humane Society pretty much all the time. As much as we need to. As much as you need to. All right. So, um, at some point, so we have a couple, we in the department, we have a couple things happen in, in back to back close proximity. One, our former part time animal control officer, for a variety of reasons that we don't need to get into, but unwillingly, uh, and, you know, you know, we were sorry to, he just he had to he had to basically stop working with us, um, not for any bad reason, just you know for his own health really. Um, so he he makes the choice that he's gonna leave the PD. We know Joe's getting ready to retire. Um, can't talk him out of it again, and we can't go without an animal control function. It's just you know when when we go long periods of time without animal control and patrol has to pick it up. It's unsustainable um, for a bunch of different reasons, but mainly uh, that have to do with the health of our personnel and the health of our canines. We really don't let people's animals in and around our vehicles. Um, kind of got to isolate that. So it means the animal control truck, in this case truck, um, you went from the old animal control truck to a van, right? Um, there was, yes. Yeah. Essentially, there was a cruiser or two in between. In between, yeah. That's, uh, I forgot about that. Yeah? Yeah, the old the van. blue and white and then the van. Yeah. Which the, you actually helped me push out of a snowbank once. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's horrible stories about the van. Sorry, Levi. Um, so we have to post first the part-time animal control officer job, and we have to figure out what the transition is going to look like for the full-time animal control officer job. And I will tell the listeners and viewers in the interest of full disclosure, uh, when we kind of announce the plan, we're going to post and we're going to get the part-time animal control officer in and then we'll do this, the command lost their minds. They're like, absolutely not. Find somebody that can fill the full-time role, even if we bring them on part-time, get them partnered up with Joe, train them up, move them into that job if he wants it, then fill the part-time. Okay, I hear you. <laughs> right. So we, we post a part-time job, but we're posting it knowing that we're hoping we're going to find a candidate who can eventually move into the full-time position because we can't have this lapse, um, particularly in the middle of the summer. Yeah, busy time. So Lieutenant Bradford uh, handled the, the application and because he's an animal, uh, animal commission representative. Uh, he handled the, the application process, and eventually he came to me and he's like, I have one solid candidate. He's already associated with the Humane Society. Joe knows him. Said, okay, you know, get this get this process started. Get him onboarded. And so um, 
Lieutenant Bradford says, okay, got the process started. HR says we can do this. He cleared everything he has to clear. We can start bringing them in. Get them in here. Right, so how many weeks has it been? Uh, this is the end of the third week. End of the third week. And so we basically got, you know, the, the tail end of May to the beginning of July to get you up to speed so that in the middle of July, when Joe goes fishing, <laughs> <laughs> you can step in and fulfill this role. Yes. Um, I would imagine that your first three weeks in the PPD as an animal control officer have have been quite the learning curve and quite the ride. <laughs> they have. With that being said, it's been nothing but help from everybody, both the officers when I have questions that Joe might not be around to answer or even Joe with, hey, this came up or we got a call about this and stuff that wasn't hasn't been covered yet. He's been great on answering it and the officers have been great on covering it. That's I'm glad to hear that. I mean, you came in in a, it, so it's the beginning of June. We're wrapping up the budget process. That That's just got a lot of people moving in a bunch of different directions. We're wrapping up the in-service training cycle and walked by you sitting at the desk a couple times and like yep they, they got to get the same training done that we all got to get done right so that's that's a blur we're in the process of trying to figure out what this transition is going to look like and what the actual functional areas for animal control are going to be so we got to make decisions about even you know when we're going to get you uniforms and what the uniforms are going to look like equipment got a replacement animal control vehicle on order that we're supposed to pick up any day now. So we got to figure out a plan to bring that vehicle online. And and by the way, you're stepping into a brand new role. So just all the stuff that anybody would have during a, a work transition um, with all this other stuff kind of hanging out there at the same time. Plus, you know, we're going to wrap up the fiscal year. So any, any purchases that we hadn't anticipated that we may, now may need to make we either have to do on an emergency basis or put off after the beginning of the fiscal year. So it's just a weird time. Um, so what's the coolest call you've been on so far with Joe? Coolest call is probably the bear at the Crown Plaza uh, with helping mass wildlife and the EPOs. So I think I, I know I talked to Joe about this. I don't know if you were, you were st sitting there when I said this. So I drive in in the morning, I'm on my way to a meeting. Um, I, I'm coming up the hill. I see you guys standing on the corner. And because of the way the vehicles were positioned on the sidewalk, and I, for whatever reason, when I started my crew, I lived close enough to the station that all the radio calls had gone out before I got in the race. So I haven't heard anything about what you're doing. So I get there. I'm in the lane, the, going up the hill in the lane to turn left, go to the station. And I look over and I'm like, they must be filming a commercial or a PSA or something like that because the vehicles were kind of positioned like, and everybody was looking down the hill. I'm like, all right, whatever. And I meant to go into dispatch and ask, and then I got distracted by somebody asking me a question, and I completely forgot. So I make it through the whole day. I get home. I never look up the call. And my wife is like, I was driving by the hotel, blah, blah, blah. What was happening? I said, like, I have no idea. So she describes what she saw. I was like, from what you're describing, it could only be one thing. It had to be a bear. And she's like, there's no way there was a bear on South and West Street in the city. I'm like, if, based on what you're telling me and the vehicles you're describing being there, it had to be a bear. And then come in the next day, I'm like, hey, what's going on at the hotel? There's a bear. <laughs> so go home. I'm like, I told you it was a bear. But um, so 
Joe, you were saying that it was a adult female, yeah. but no cubs. No cubs, adult female, and um, the whole thing was, I mean, if you had to, to write out exactly how a call should work, it was textbook. It was perfect. And it was, you know, it's a lengthy process, three hours, but actually half of that time was just waiting for um, personnel that Mass Wildlife and EPOs were waiting for. Right. The actual tranquilizing of the bear and the relocation, totally smooth. It was wonderful. It, I'm sure you heard, <clears throat> but I was watching the um, news out of Albany, <clears throat> and they had a similar situation in yep. one of their downtown parks. I laughed. Well, I was <laughs> I was watching their... It, it, it worked out for them as well, but I was watching their response and their protocol. I was like, I wish we had recorded ours so we could have sent it to them because we did it so much better. <laughs> they have a... Uh, what I saw in the background was like that big bear barrel thing. Yeah. I don't even know what you call that. Um, we don't use that, but I think we have obviously access to a lot more wooded area that they can just right. bring the bear to. So. It, so it surprised me that they had that because the only place, I mean, we've we've done, you know, our bear, brown bear. It, we, we we have just regular old. Yeah, but what, what actual species are, I think they're brown bear, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, the only place I've ever seen those containment things for bear or when I've been in New Mexico for grizzly, right? Yeah. I'm, saying, I'm not sure the city of Albany understands what they're buying for their equipment. <laughs> it was a little unusual if you if you listen to their mass wildlife people, you know, or yeah. New York wildlife people. Yeah. I would, I guess, maybe you know, way up in upstate New York, they may have like Kodiak problems. Yep. I guess so. Yeah, I'm sure they have access to that equipment somewhere. Um, so they. They darted the bear. Darted the bear. They relocated, relocated the bear. it, and they actually put a tracker collar on this one. Um, and I asked uh, the director, I said, you know, is that something we can find out where he is? And he says, it, it take, there's a lag time, like of a week, so they'd have to download it, yep. and they could tell us where it went, but yep. not current. Right. You know, so. All right. So, cool bear story. That's, I mean, that's exciting to come in. You're in your first month on the job. You got the yeah. bear thing, right? Um Joe, have you prepared him for the aftermath of the 4th of July? Um, I've tried to prepare him for just about everything that I can think of. And, um, you know, every time I think I've covered it all, something else comes up. Um, my plan is to try to think ahead of time to do things for him um, so he's not caught short without that knowledge for instance fiscal year um that's something you don't think about on a daily basis right. you know the, the, the fiscal report i should say um so that kind of thing and and i hope because as you were talking about the training process and you know new hire and so forth i hope that i that i do a good enough job so he can in turn train the part-time person whenever so, that may be so we haven't really talked about this, but and listening to what you're talking about and thought I just had that I'm going to share, um, we haven't done, this is a transition we haven't done in decades. Nope. And you probably should be documenting each mm -hmm. step of this onboarding process so we can put together a go-by and training manual mm -hmm. for the inevitable, even when the, we bring, when we transition you and bring on another part-timer. Um, because we won't have your institutional knowledge to rely on. I'm going to have to. 
at least some bullet points of yeah. everything that should be, you know, uh, what, a lot of people always ask, what if, what if, what if, and I'm not a fan of what if, because every circumstance is different. Even if you just jot down some handwritten notes kind yeah. of in a journal of what you guys are doing day to day, sure. we can capture that and, and put it into a go by. Absolutely. Something as simple, I mean, I know the other night you attended your first annual control commission meeting, right? Mm -hmm. That's... A little what the process looks like right. who the who the commissioners are so going back to preparing you for the 4th of July so little known fact and I am absolutely positive we have not talked about this on the program in the past um, but forewarned is forearm so I want to let you know something that most residents and viewers or viewers and listeners probably don't know and that I didn't know until I was a bike patrol officer is that the morning after the 4th of July the city smells completely different, <laughs> completely different, and not necessarily in a good way. And so everybody, you know, does whatever they're going to do on the 4th of July. You have a party, you have a picnic. If you, you know, it's the thing that you do, and we don't encourage you to do it, but maybe you set off some illegal fireworks, whatever it was you did, you had some people over. <clears throat> the night of the 4th of July, all the debris from the day, all the food debris, all the party debris, all the, you know, libation debris gets bagged up. And it's a lot more than it is on any other day of the year, except maybe Christmas. But most of the stuff on Christmas is paper this, on this day. And by midday on the 5th of July, if you're not in a closed up car, you, you can... You can smell it, right? Yeah. Riding around in some of our residential neighborhoods on a bicycle on that day, you're just like, this is not what I'm used to. And I, before I became a bike patrol officer, I didn't understand the connection because we get more wildlife calls for animals, bear sometimes, but also raccoon, oh, yeah. in trash in that few days between the holiday and whenever the scheduled garbage pickup is in that neighborhood. It's insane. Oh, it's absolutely. insane the number of animals that know they're, they're coming out of the hills, right? Um so a couple things, you know, enjoy your 4th of July, put that stuff in containers, and be prepared to call animal control. <laughs> On the flip side, um, a day or two later, a lot of reports of lost dogs. They're, oh, because they're, they're freaked yeah. out from the noise and so forth. Not unlike a bad thunderstorm sometimes, we, we get the same thing. You know, we get a, we get a lot of complaints about uh, illegal fireworks, and we do what we can to try to deal with them. It's, it's hard because, you know, you, you can't. You know, probable cause to go to the source. You got to kind of figure out a way to figure where they're coming from, and without good named informants, that's difficult. Um, but I'm just going to make this little spiel, and I did not truly appreciate this until several years ago with my brother. You know, it it terrifies the animals. It's terrifying to the animals, but you got to have some respect for our our veterans too, right? Um, the night of the 4th of July is just a horrifying experience for my younger brother. Um, and I couldn't appreciate that until he described, you know, some of what that meant for him. So just don't do it, right? It just, yeah. in general, don't do it. Rely on the professional shows. Yep. Uh, think of your neighbors. All right. So we got a few minutes left. What are you looking forward to the most, Levi? I think the biggest thing is really... Get soaking up the rest of the knowledge that I can. That way, when Joe is, like you said, off fishing, off fishing, I'll be able to handle the situations without 
hey, what do I do? Something new came up. Hopefully I'll be able to have enough knowledge to where I can fill the gaps with the information that state law and local ordinances have. All right. It, I appreciate that because as a trainer and as a, as a student, I love when people, they want to immerse themselves in their chosen field. But seriously, animal control officer, you're going to, like, what's the coolest animal call you're looking forward to? Coolest animal call? <clears throat> probably bear or moose. Yeah, you those, are got, always, those are always the exciting ones from what I hear. You, so you got your bear. So let's, go keep our, let's keep our fingers crossed for a moose. Um, I don't want to jinx it occasionally, it, it, particularly out on Holmes Road. We get we get some loose cows. Mm -hmm. Those are always fun. Um, one of my favorites is we get the calls for the people who see wildlife in their yard, and they think that if they call animal control, we're going to come remove the wildlife. And when we talk to them, they're like, "Well, I'm from the city. I, you know, I didn't know. Like, you moved here. Mm -hmm. You're in their yard. Right? We're not we're not taking the animals away from the wild. That's why you came here." You know, I could understand if somebody spotted a bear in, say, Cambridge, Mass, where, you know, people might get a little excited, but, you know, live in the Berkshires. If you move to the Berkshires, wildlife is part of the package. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm disappointed this year that my bear has not made an appearance. So I wondered if the bear on South Street was your bear because be. it was close enough-ish where that wouldn't have been unreasonable. So we have no idea, um, obviously, what what gender or sex the the bear that was been living in my neighborhood. What is, but because we saw it for so many seasons in our own, we saw it, we saw it grow. Mm -hmm. um, somebody else that I know who works in in wildlife management, when she saw some of the videos I posted, she speculated that um, that that bear, based on what she saw in behavior, was a, a male cub. When I first recorded it that mom had pushed out of yep. the den um and so it, i think you know if that's the case i think he relocated later the year that i put that the one where he went lumbering across the front of the yard mm -hmm. um because he was full grown by that time i think yeah. he moved after that so yeah this particular bear wasn't huge you know not by other bear that we've dealt with um you know they picked it right up in one of the little jet sleds and put it in the truck and you know it wasn't really a struggle with that. Um, I, I would just uh, say that, you know, I've told Le Levi, um, I'm only a phone call away. Absolutely. We you know? know that. And to all the officers for that. All right. In the brief time we have left, Joe, plans for the weekend? Um, actually, uh, not much. Uh, well, there might be a fishing trip on Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> the surprise, surprise. Yeah, <laughs> Levi, plans for the weekend? Uh, probably go for a hike or kayaking. Nice. Nice. Captain plans for the weekend. I'm working all weekend. Uh oh. I got BCC commencement tonight. I do not have a homework assignment due this weekend. I'm kind of looking forward to that. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's supposed to be nice, but uh, we have uh, special events all weekend, so all right. we got to get you some help. <laughs> all right. To our viewers and listeners, thank you for tuning in to another new episode of On Patrol with the PPD here on WTBR 89.7 FM, simulcast on Pittsfield Community Television, and available on all your podcast platforms. Join us next week for another new episode. I think our guest is... No, next week it's uh, Lieutenant Carlo, right? 
Lieutenant. I, no, I don't know what the uh, the schedule. I think is. next week is Lieutenant Carlo from the Environmental Police. So uh, join us next week for that. That'll be timely too. Uh, until then, be safe, be healthy, but most importantly, be kind. We're ten eight.